Welcome to the STFM Podcast, brought to you by the Society of Teachers of Family Medicine. In this podcast, we speak to leaders in academic family medicine about a variety of leadership topics. And now your host, Dr. Saria carter Sicosia. All right. Today we have Carolyn Swinton joining us for our podcast. Carolyn Swinton is the Chief Nurse Officer for Prisma Help. Welcome to our podcast, Carolyn. Hi, Saria. Thank you for having me. Happy to be with you today. Well, I'm so excited to learn more from you and hear some wisdom from the perspective of nursing leadership at the highest level. So first of all, can you share a little bit about your role and why you became a nurse and what inspires you at work? and to lead nursing. I'm the chief nursing officer for Prisma Health, the largest healthcare system um, in South Carolina. Have responsibility for nursing across the continuum of care. That includes our acute care hospitals, ambulatory settings, as well as post-acute. In terms of why I became a nurse, uh, I like a dynamic, uh, vibrant environment where the work can make a difference for those who are in need. I'm inspired by the opportunities to ease suffering for the patients we serve, uh, bring joy to the workplace, um, and to help my team reach their full potential. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that perspective. And while as physicians, nurses are phenomenous in the healthcare field and environment that we're in, regardless of location, and oftentimes I see that we work in parallel rather than in an integrated fashion. And Carolyn, just with your experience for so many years doing what you do and um, moving on through leadership and, and seeing things through your eyes, no doubt having many stories, I'm curious to hear from you and your thoughts on effective teaming. What does that mean to you? What does that look like? to team, to collaborate? Well, I think effective teaming can make all the difference in supporting our collective mission to promote population health. You know, there's no one group um, that can accomplish that alone. So I believe that recognizing um, the expertise, uh, the knowledge, the strength of of what each of us brings um, to the healthcare arena is so important. Uh, We can work together Um, in alignment and in concert with each other and not miss each other as passing in the hallway, if you will, but really connecting very intentionally uh, in our conversations and rounding and and in our interactions uh, with our patients and families so that they can see that we're one team. And in my experience, sometimes we do that very well and beautifully together and other times not so much. So Can you share with us some stories um, from your career and perspective of where it worked well to team and perhaps a story or two of where it didn't work well? What does it look like to truly team? Because my guess is if we offered up a multiple choice test on leadership and collaboration and being a team player, most of us would get all of those answers correct. We know what to do but how does it look in real life? 
Well, Saria, I think where I've seen it work uh, the best is in multidisciplinary rounding. And by that, I mean physicians, nurses, techs, pharmacists, case managers, uh, rehab, all in the room together, rounding on a patient and reporting out, if you will, um, sharing from their level of expertise and their space of caring what's going on with the patient and engaging that patient in that process. So the physician is learning from the nurse. Um, what's the past 12 hours been like? The nurse is learning from the physician in terms of what's the plan of care offer the patient. And all of those points in between, you know, the, the nurse tech, for example, has an opportunity to share how well the patient ambulated or how well um, they're eating or drinking. And so just to be in that room together as a united front, it's really a beautiful thing to see. And the patients and their families benefit from that. Uh, lower lengths of stay, re reduction in infection, um, moving patients from IV therapy to PO medication. So I, I believe that's where I've seen it work best. In terms of a story where maybe things have not worked out so well, I think it's when we make decisions independently. Uh, we, we don't come together to solve a problem. Um, nursing may have an idea about how we can uh, reduce infections, for example, on a, in a particular clinical area but does not involve the physician in that conversation um, so that we have the whole picture. Um, if the physician inserts a line, for example, and the nurse um, provides care and maintenance, well, they, there may be two separate activities taking place, but there's one patient, there's one goal, there's one purpose. And so when we don't do that well, we don't have those conversations. I can see where that you know, things don't work out so, so well. An example of that is nursing came together and looked at a plan uh, for daily rounding uh, to look at, okay, say on Mondays, we're going to round on central lines and look for opportunities for improvement. Tuesdays, we'll look at how do we prevent cauty? So we'll round on patients that have, have Foley catheters. And so it all sounded good on paper, but when you start bringing others into the conversation, such as the physicians, maybe um, executive leaders um, on the campus, there was not alignment of thought uh, around the process. And so we never really got the traction and the buy-in for the process. And so we had to go back to the drawing board. And really that impacted patient care and affected their outcomes. Yeah, I, I think we've seen that all too often. And, and that's a common... Um, support or argument of why it's so important to team because of patient safety and quality. And it's yeah. critical to um, profess, but not only profess, but walk the talk of a culture of safety. And what that means to me is that everyone feels safe to speak up, that the culture is such that regardless of the title on your ID badge, if you see something, you feel comfortable saying something and contributing to the team, whether you are the physician or you are the nurse tech, as you mentioned, or the RN that's part of that conversation. Uh, knowing that you've had some experience in academics as well, I'd be curious of what specific tactics that you utilize or encourage young nurses or other learners, be it medical students or residents, about how they, first of all, 
help nurses feel comfortable or others at the table that in a vertical leadership column may not feel that they have the strongest voice? How do we create an equitable environment and a culture of safety to do so? What are some of the specific behaviors or examples of techniques that can be used? Right. I I believe that where we start is that we cultivate relationships um, and we see each other as as partners in care. So uh, my recommendation in that space would be, you know, be curious, ask questions. You know, our medical residents or students should ask questions of the nurses. The nurses should ask questions of the residents. Um, And when there's a conflict, instead of avoiding it, because it's easy to sort of walk away and not solve the problem, I would suggest lean in, lean into that conflict and partner with each other to find solutions. That's the responsibility of both the physicians and the nurses. Um, So I believe that that's that's a huge opportunity uh, is to cultivate that relationship when you know a little bit more about that physician, know a little bit about the nurse in terms of, you know, just something as simple as, you know, tell me a little, tell me a little bit of your story. Um, in terms of, you know, why did you select this unit? Why did you select this specialty? When you form relationships with each other, I believe it facilitates that relationship, that collaboration, the communication between the two. So I think it starts with relationship. Yeah, absolutely. What I heard from you, Carolyn, was some sage advice to, um, first of all, getting to know your team members as human beings. Uh, It starts with building those relationships. And what I hear from what you're saying is that trust probably plays a role in that process. Once you share your story and you can be vulnerable with one another, that we're all human beings, that perhaps people feel more comfortable speaking up and leaning in. Yes, trust is huge. Once again, the relationship is so important in that it is to feel that, hey, I have a partner here. I can trust this person, Um, I can ask questions, and we can surface conflict because sometimes we don't have agreement. And I think it's in the disagreement where the learning takes place. We take our patients into consideration and we're really promoting safe practices. Uh, So it's all about the conversation. It's the human experience, not only for the care that we're providing to our patients, but also for each other. And story does play a big role in that. And of course, we would like it always to go well. And we know people have good intentions coming to the table, but sometimes we're sleep deprived. Sometimes we're just exhausted or frustrated or something at home can be affecting the way we show up in a room at work. And I want to lean in on one of your other comments and recommendations about being curious. So what happens when perhaps people aren't necessarily teaming? And as a leader, I know that oftentimes you're responsible for influencing others, and it's not always you at the table, but you're trying to help others play together as a team. So what are some examples you could give? What does being curious look like? What are some specific questions that people can ask or ways, if it's going way off track, let's say you have some strong voices in the room or some strong personalities. I know you've never experienced that personally, and certainly a nurse has never experienced a strong physician personality. How do you coach your, your colleagues and your nurses that are, are led by you 
to be curious? Well, I think, Saria, it starts with assuming positive intent. So when things are not going well, and maybe a physician is um, upset about the care of, of, of his or her patient, I can recall an example where the physician was upset regarding intake and output not being accurate on the patient. And this was um, one of our urologists. And he was pretty verbal <laughs> about his, you know, not his unhappiness with the, the situation. And, you know, for me in a situation like that, my advice to the team member is assume positive intent. We have a physician who's not angry with you, but a physician who cares deeply about his patient and the outcomes and the plan of care. And if there's a deviation from that plan, you know, the patient is harmed in that process or could be harmed. So when you look at it from the perspective of positive intent, it it makes all the difference in the world. And you can be curious and you can ask questions. Can you share specifically what the concern is? What can I do differently um, in the future so as to avoid this um, problem going forward? So I think being curious, being open-minded, having an attitude of learning, you know, what can I learn from this situation? I think those things are so important. So if there's a way for you to segment a little bit out of the emotion And just be very objective um, with the situation at hand. I believe that that opens the path for communication and partnership. I very much appreciate um, your final words there. Communication through partnership. and, um, And you started with assuming positive intent. And this is really important. And I think a piece of emotional intelligence and self-awareness before we react or respond, go low instead of high, that is so important to pause in that moment and to consider what are we learning from this experience? What are we sensing? Um, and why are things going the way they are? And, and as you said, sometimes we don't control it. Someone's having a bad day. And honestly, sometimes we can just be jerks. And that goes around the table, I think. Um, figuratively speaking. So um, so I, I very much appreciate that. And much like nurses, perhaps in some instances, especially those who are not as seasoned, may struggle or feel uncomfortable with speaking up or setting the conversation or resetting the conversation based on crucial dialogue. Sometimes that's a challenge. So what recommendations would you have for medical students? or other learners or residents, how they can lead by example, even when they're not being led by example, how can they help bring the conversation back to a team model and collaboration with others that are sitting at the table? So Saria, that takes intention and practice. (laughs) So it's not something I think that comes easily, but you know, if you can think of a couple of key actions that you can take, I think would make a difference. Um, One would be, as you stated a a couple of minutes ago, is to pause, be in the moment. I think sometimes it's very difficult for all of us to do Um, when there's an encounter that may be unpleasant. uh, It often triggers something from the past (laughs) where maybe you had another encounter with another physician or nurse, or it could be that same person who's standing right in front of you. So how can you not reach back, but be in the moment? be present, 
remember why we're here. Remember our purpose for being in the organization, in that space of care, um, the patient in the bed, the family member who's counting on us. So to be present in that moment and just deal with right now, assuming the positive intent that the physician wants the very best for the patient and their family. So how do we get there together? It's not about me personally, the nurse. It's about the service to the patient and the family. And I want that physician to feel confident that this patient is in good hands. And so how do we restore um, that trust and that faith so that we can have a good conversation on behalf of the patient and, and, and where we want that patient to go, and where that patient wants to go in this process. You know, the patient has goals as well. Um, it's not just about what we want as healthcare providers. And so I believe just being able to recall the mission, be present in that moment, deal with the issue, and be able to step away from that emotional piece of it. And when I say that, it's more on the space of conflict. Emotions are a good thing because it tells, we tell each other how deeply we care about the situation. So we don't always have to look at maybe um, some phrasing or visible upset as necessarily a negative thing. You know, we have the power to turn that around and say, wow, he really cares about this patient, wants the very best, and not see it as something to be uh, resolved from a point of conflict. Uh, You're just um, reminding me of some of my past experiences, and um, a concept comes to mind, PTSD. Uh, I certainly have had my own experiences as a, a resident and as a medical student and sometimes as a young physician of that traumatic moment where you felt shamed by a fellow attending or your attending or, or someone at a higher level. And it is so important, as you mentioned, being present in the moment, the mindfulness, the awareness of what am I feeling and why am I feeling this? Where is this coming from? And turning that around to positive intent, I think that is um, certainly an above-the-line approach to remember in a situation that can become highly charged as we come to the table focused on the patient. And you said it so beautifully. It is all about the patient. And when we keep the patient at the center, um, hopefully that can help us rise up in ways that on those really tough and long days that maybe we're not our best selves always Um, So for our faculty and our leaders that are listening, I I know you have conversation with your nursing leaders as well, no doubt, about how do we stay focused on this? How are we intentionally driving and communicating the value of teaming and the effectiveness of collaboration? What would you share with our faculty today, our leaders that teach this themselves, but maybe they need a new nugget. They need something to hold on to or remember to share with those that they are also leading. Well, Saria, once again, I think in terms of emphasizing the importance of teaming, it also requires that we emphasize the importance of honoring diversity. You know, diversity of thought. I may have one point of view, you may have another You know, we speak and we act from the observer that we are in the world. 
So it's based on our own personal experiences, it's based on our history. And so to be able to recognize that I may be looking at it one way because that's my perspective, that's my history. And to be able to honor that the other person may be doing the same thing, that's where the curiosity comes in. I wonder, can you share? Tell me about. Those are the types of conversations that we want to have. And I think as we interact with each other, um, sometimes we have to see each other as more than just positions and titles, right? So when I'm interacting with anyone, it can be a physician, it can be um, the EVS worker, uh, rehab. For me, and this is what I, I believe works for me, is that I'm trying to connect with a spark of humanity that I see in that other person because it's there, right? And for me, that's that basis of honoring the life of the other person. I'm acknowledging that they're important, that there are things that they care about, that those things are important. And it sounds like a lot of words, but that connection happens in seconds. And to have that intention um, and that self-awareness of the importance of honoring each other just in the conversation, just in the moment, just in the work that we're trying to do. To me, that is what gets the job done every single time. That is what I would share with faculty um, is to just be authentic, be real, connect to the purpose uh, for which you enter the profession. And so important that first day of medical school, the first day of residency, the first day with your real job, when you're teaching others and teaching includes our team and learning from our team and that diversity of thought is so very important as you bring up and i just um i just want to echo that because i think that's very very important the richness gained is that spark of humanity that those words i'll carry with me from this podcast and sometimes in this type of situation, particularly in an academic setting, you can get the, oh, oh, I know, I know, I know. And sometimes it can shut down other thoughts as some may feel that their thought is less relevant, less valued. And I was listening to a Brene Brown podcast um, actually just the other day and something she said stuck with me. And it was when she's getting her team together and when she really wants people to perform highly, high functioning teams and what she recommends for other businesses is setting the table and starting the conversation. And we can do this with rounds to say, okay, I really need everyone to perform at the, at the highest level today. And what I mean by that is I'm expecting you and counting on you to ask really thoughtful questions. And we could frame that out in healthcare as thoughtful and and important questions of what will help our patient today. I need your help. With us together at the table, it's going to take all of us asking those important and helpful questions so that we take the best care of this patient today. What do you think of that theory? I agree. And I would add that the one word that we haven't um, talked about today that's so important in all of this is the word courage. So courage doesn't mean that you're not afraid, right? It means that you move forward in spite of that fear. 
And in, in our healthcare environment, uh, we all have a gift, right, to bring to this conversation, to, to bring to this work. And so your ability to speak up in your gift, despite the fear uh, that you have to, oh, I'm the, the, the least experienced member of this group. Uh, maybe I, I'll get this wrong. But if you're doing this on behalf of the patient and you know that you have something to share, something to offer, something to, to give uh, to, this, to this patient, uh, to this family who's really counting on us, and they're trusting on us to do our trusting in us to do our very best. Then I, I think that sometimes the situation calls for courage, and that to me is that selfless act uh, of caring, uh, of com- of compassion, and of serving others. Because once again, it's not about us. At the end of the day, you know why are why are we here? What do we have to offer? How can we make a difference? Keyword. And I love that we're finishing with this, and that's courage. And courage shows up in so many ways. Oftentimes we think of courage and we think of superheroes or heroing when teaming is sometimes the greatest courage and sign of confidence by engaging others, leveling out the field, encouraging everyone to speak up, embracing the diversity of thought. Carolyn, this has been such a, a refreshing podcast today and an excellent reminder of why it's so important that we focus on these basics and embrace the spark of humanity. I love that too. I, I really like that phrase. I'm going to keep that going for a while because at the end of the day, that's what we're here for. And medicine is a noble field that focuses on the core of humanity and wellness. So thank you for your wisdom. I so appreciate you joining us today, and we've really enjoyed the time and the words and the guidance that you've given us. Well, Saria, thank you. It has been my pleasure to be in conversation with you today. Thank you. You've been listening to the SDFM podcast, produced by the Society of Teachers of Family Medicine. Visit us at sdfm.org and follow us on Twitter at stfm underscore fm. This podcast is copyright Society of Teachers of Family Medicine 2021.